everyone. It's Gooch Live featuring Paul Rosen. I'm Paul Rosen, better known as Rosie, and the uh, the, the lead on the show, let's call it, Kerry uh, Goulet. He's the Gooch. He's in Queenstown, New Zealand. This guy, I'm telling you, travels all over the world. <laughs> Gooch, good to have you on the Gooch Live. Hey, Rose. How you doing, buddy? Um, we're doing well. We're in Queenstown. Uh, uh, part of the Remarkables, it's a mountain range. You, you can't see it outside my hotel room, but uh, just a beautiful, beautiful setting. If you could picture, I guess, a Whistler, Banff, Jasper, maybe Vail, Colorado, all mixed into one, that is what uh, Queenstown's all about. And you know what? It's a big, big hockey town. It's home of the Stampedes, the Queen Ta Queenstown Stampede. They play at the Queenstown Arena, holds about 550 people, and you have been there. Yeah, Gooch, I'm trying to remember with my concussion. So Queenstown was the rink that we went. It was, it's gorgeous there, and we it was tiny. with standing room only, like the fire uh, chief probably would have gone nuts <laughs> if he knew the amount of people. Is that the, the one where I think we won in a shootout, like the ninth shooter Dave Rutherford scored? Am I correct? You got it, exactly. Uh, wow. We were actually just at the rink yesterday. Uh, obviously, we're talking... Um, a bit about uh, where we're coming next year or this year sorry 2020 we'll talk a little bit about that and we had an opportunity to chat with the group there and they were so excited they said it's the best game they've ever seen of ice hockey obviously down here it's the new zealand ice hockey league um and you know they've got auckland uh they've got christchurch they've got Dunedin, and they have a team here in uh queenstown so by bringing you know we had peter holland here we had Zenon Kanopka, you know, leading the American uh, troops. And it was just a, a fun-filled, action-packed game. So it's exactly where you're thinking about. It's called the extreme uh, sport capital of the world. A lot of Chinese, uh, Japanese, uh, a lot of Asian markets come here, a lot of Australians for skiing. And, of course, we'll talk a little bit about um, what's going on with the situation in, in the travel world. You know, we're here on the Hockey News uh, Network. Got to do a shout-out to the great people from the Hockey News for allowing us to do this, uh, Paul. It's been fantastic. We're growing every week. Uh, we get great comments coming up. And as we get uh, better and better at this, Paul, uh, you know, we're going to be really excited about bringing you some great stuff. And today, we're going to be talking with Zenon Kanopka, a good friend of mine, of course, and, and yours. And you've had to coach against him last year. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, but I did want to say uh, today's show, you know, I think we have to talk about a couple things. I know you've got your Rosie rant coming, and I've got my, uh, obviously, my Gucci's bottom line. I just want to talk about uh, the coronavirus, uh, the impact it's having, not only on uh, the, the world uh, economy, but also what's going on in China, what's going on with the NHL uh, with this, you know, public gatherings. And of course, our event here in uh, uh, Australia and New Zealand, Paul, uh, are, is coming in June 2020. And we're having to determine the cities, what impact it's having with that. Then we'll talk about Joe Thornton wanting to be traded. I, I know you saw the trade. We went through the trade deadline stuff. Uh, he wanted a shot at the cup. He didn't get that, and we'll uh, talk about that. Jay Bowmeister update. Paul, you know, you've heard some stories about his health. We'll talk about that. And I know this is important to you. Jake Muzzam uh, is out for the Leafs for a while, exactly around the uh, playoffs. Paul, where's that going to take them? And then finally, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the, the playoff outlook. I think that's really important. So, hey, great show. Anything you want to add to it? 
No, I think it's going to be amazing. I'm I'm looking forward to talking to uh, to the big Z to Zenin. Uh, you yeah. know, we battled big time when he was playing twice for the U.S. team, both captains, uh, uh, and I was coaching the Canadian team both times. And unfortunately for me, it's the only two times that Canada lost in the seven years of playing against the States. I was behind the bench for both of them, so I don't know what that says for my coaching ability. But I know that me and Z went toe to toe. Uh, verbally, and I respect yeah, him a lot. Don't like him very much when it comes to being on the ice, but respect him a lot. Yeah, no question. And we'll get into him in a few minutes. So listen, let's talk about the coronavirus yep. impact, obviously. Yeah. If you're watching any type of news, uh, unless you've been you know, stuck under a, a blanket or a, or a rock, it is, it's devastating right now. Obviously, it's not a pandemic yet, but you know the word is being thrown out there. The World Health Organization is, is trying to calm the nerves. Obviously, stock markets are, are falling all over the place. Yep. And you know our show is about you know ice hockey, hockey around the world. It's about uh, travel. It's about health. And of course, it's about uh, lifestyle. The problem is, is that when you get something like this, it just doesn't affect the normal individual, it affects many things, the entertainment world, uh, travel, when it comes to travel, airlines are over here, for example, everybody's jittery, are they going to close the borders, borders are being closed, as you know, as we speak, uh, is this overblown, is it not overblown, I think it's far too early to understand that, uh, but it is having an impact, um, Paul, if you recall, I had an opportunity to go to China a couple of years ago, and watch a game in Beijing, and, you know, they had a pretty good crowd. It wasn't a very educated crowd. The game was okay. But what I noticed is is that the, the, the public was just not ready for the game. They just didn't understand it. You know, basketball is one thing. You know, they had a Ming, uh, I can't remember his first name, Mao. Do you remember the, the basketball player's first name? I think it's Yao Ming, but I'm not. It's, yeah. I'm looking at Steve I had it up. for his expertise, yeah. Steve Ellis. Is it Yao Ming? The big uh, center for uh, for Houston. Yes, it is Yao Ming. Steve Ellis gives well, me the thumbs up. Well, thank God Steve Ellis is there, our producer, to Google for us quickly. Um, so I had a chance to to watch the game, and then I actually got to see him at the airport. And man, this guy's huge. But the impact that he played on basketball in that country was phenomenal. So they people got in. in entrenched in it whereas i think the nhl is taking a little bit of time they don't have a player in the national hockey league so i don't think everybody got it no. but it was good it was entertaining and you know um it was a good show the problem is is that last year they tried to hook up everything to have another series and unfortunately through the venues there were some issues they had to postpone it and they were coming back in 2020 and um bill daly just uh, came out and said listen we have to be very careful we haven't launched anything yet. We haven't made the final plans, but obviously they're watching the coronas, right. uh, uh, coronavirus on a daily uh, impact. What do you hear over on that side of the world right now? Well, there's, you know, panic, uh, definitely. But what I can add to this, Gooch, is I think you remember I worked uh, at, in a funeral home and I worked for a very big organization picking up bodies from 2000 to 2006 before I went to Torino. And I was working in that industry when SARS was around. And I picked up a couple of bodies, a, couple, a husband and wife who passed away from SARS at Toronto East General Hospital. And it was insane. 
people thought the world was coming to an end when SARS was uh, were around. Yep. And from what I hear, there's a potential that the coronavirus could be bigger. So we definitely have to let the medical professionals, we have to let the, the, the people who are involved and in charge of, of the, uh, the, the viruses and, you know, the, the elite doctors in the world to listen to them and let them know. But it definitely is affecting sport. There's no doubt about it. 2022 in China, the Olympics and Paralympics, we could be in trouble. We'll have to watch it very closely. And on Gooch Live featuring Paul Rosen, we will. You know, obviously, thanks to the Hockey News and to the people at Christian Hockey, we're allowed to bring this format out. And I, I love doing it with you, Kerry. Yeah, thank you, Paul. Yeah, this has been great. Uh, as you know, uh, Rosie, we've been uh, in our eighth episode. Uh, we're coming along. We're chugging along. Yep. And uh, I know that we're, we are serving purpose. We got, obviously, last week we talked about the Hay family here in New Zealand and Auckland. Uh, they were delighted. We got some really good uptake uh, in their hockey circles talking about the Gooch Live. So that's fantastic. Going back to the corona, uh, situa corona situation, um, obviously, uh, there are many uh, news organizations talking about it. And I think what's important is that we do have to take it serious. And is it bigger than what it is? We don't know that. Uh, is it? It's certainly bigger than SARS. The numbers are ridiculous of the effect affected people around the world. And now it's spreading borders. You know, we've heard the stories about Italy. There are soccer games being played today, actually, that have no fans. These normally they'd have 50,000, 60,000 fans in the, in the building. They're not having public gatherings. So I think we have to keep on watch. I don't think we need to panic yet. I know there is some hysteria and people, you know, again, no disrespect to the news agencies, you know, negative negativity sells. And I think we have to all remain positive. And now that we know that there's going to be an effect possibly in China, uh, they are working. The Olympic workers are working on all the sites still, we've been told. Uh, so that may not be affected uh, unless, you know, there's even a, a, a bigger downturn in this. But we have heard uh, Dick Powell has stated there could be a cancellation of the Olympics if it gets wor worse for Japan 2020 or possibly postponed. Right. So have you heard that? Oh, I'm sure you have heard that over there. Um, what, what effect would that have on where we stand right now? Yeah, well, it's Dick Pound and uh, the, uh, the, the COC, the Canadian Olympic Committee, and the CPC, the Canadian Paralympic Committee, are keeping the athletes uh, involved. I'm a part of the alumni circle with the, the Canadian Paralympic Committee, the CPC. And it's scary. It's very similar to what happened in 2001 with, uh, with, with the, the World Trade Center and 9-11, where we were only right. four months away from Salt Lake City. And there was talk that Bush was, uh, uh, President Bush was going to cancel the Salt Lake City games. Now, that was for a terrorism situation, not a health situation. But I think we got to watch very closely. The athletes still have to work like the games are going on. And if something happens that they do change the games, postpone them or cancel them, we have to just understand that it's for the, the health situation of, of everyday people, not just the athletes, the fans. There's millions of fans yep. that come to these games. So let's watch closely. We'll keep the, uh, we'll keep the, the, the general public informed from what you and I know from behind the scenes. We do know a lot of people, and we do get some behind-the-scenes Info. Yeah. So we'll uh, 
we'll do that. Uh, hey, Gooch, why don't we uh, why don't we get into uh, a little bit of hockey? Why don't we talk about Joe? But, but just, I know you, uh, sorry, Paul. Just before we get in there, I just yep. wanted to inject the last little part. Obviously, we're over here in uh, in Australia, New Zealand, talking about the ice hockey classic. Uh, we're planning the dates. Uh, my wife Tony and I are are diligently trying to get everything wrapped up. It's a short period of time before they come over here in June. We've got Keith Primo coming as the coach of uh, U.S. and he's building a team with us right now. The problem that we have is this coronavirus has stepped in and, and kind of got everybody shaken. What's going to go on? Are the Could the borders be closed? Obviously, the borders have been closed from China into Australia and New Zealand. What happens with the effects of what's going on in North America? Could that ever happen? And obviously, you know us building this event. We've had some you know technical issues with ice and stuff. Now we're hit with a situation where an unknown. Will we be able to pull off this ice hockey classic we both believe we can we've been talking daily with keith he doesn't believe the players would be concerned on it obviously it's really going to come up to the next couple of weeks on where uh, where it lies so it does have far-reaching impact so i'll keep you informed on that paul next week when we're on the show we'll know a little bit more because this is an hourly update we you know i'm watching cnn over here and man it's crazy that you know breaking news breaking news breaking news and that's all we're hearing so, yep, yep, let's get into hockey. Perfect. So, Joe Thornton, here's a guy who, uh, you know, as people know he was uh, he was originally a Boston Bruin way, 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 way yep. back. Uh, and yep. the San Jose Sharks, he's been with them, it seems like, forever. He, from all that we hear behind the scenes, he asked uh, Doug Wilson for a deal. He wanted to He wanted to leave. He wanted to move on. And they decided not to. What's, what's your thoughts? You know a lot of these guys really well. Yeah. Well, I, I had a chance to to uh, talk to a couple of guys, uh, one of them being Brent Burns. And here's one of the quotes that came out. It actually came from Joe Thornton. I picked it up today. As you get older, you realize you only have so many shots at this thing. And it would have been nice to have a chance. I wanted a shot. I've been hunting this down for 22 years. The problem is, is that he wanted to move. Uh, Doug did state that he would move him. The problem is, all the teams that came calling, and they said there were three teams, they were all close to the playoffs or not even in the playoffs, and so teams like the Boston Bruins didn't come calling, so it would not make sense just moving them for the sake of moving them. Right. And I think that's a really classy move on Doug Wilson's position. Um, if, if it was the Boston Bruins wanting Joe Thornton, I know there would have been a deal done. But one of the rumors that are in the back now that I've uh, read was about possibly coming to the Leafs to end his career next year. You know, he's 42 years, I think he's 42 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Still an unbelievable playmaker, still a value, valuable asset. The guy's in tremendous shape. Um, could he be a leader for the Leafs, as you see what we're going through right now? Uh, when John Tavares come, we thought he was going to be the guy to keep the glue together. And I think what maybe hurt uh, Rosie uh, for Joe was the fact that Patrick Marlowe was sent to the Pittsburgh Penguins and they have a legitimate chance now with that type of, of, of player yeah. uh, but more importantly even though they're on a four, four game sl slide right now um, he can really make a difference in that Pittsburgh dressing room and obviously in the lineup so I think yeah. that's where Joe probably felt a little bit left out but there were reasons behind for that. Yeah, I'm sure there are. And with the, the, the little cap hit that uh, with the amount of time left in the season, it didn't make sense that Pittsburgh would take a Marlowe 
over a Thornton. You know, no disrespect to Patrick Marlowe. He's a hell of a player. He's played a long time. But Joe Thornton, to me, is that ultimate power guy who can do so much and bring so much to a team. Uh, I thought like a Pittsburgh or a, despite their four-game uh, losing streak, it means nothing. I think the, no. the whole situation was proven last year with St. Louis sneaking into the playoffs and winning the Stanley Cup. All you got to do is get to the dance, and once you're in the dance, anybody can dance as long as you possibly can. So I thought a team you like Boston it. or Pittsburgh, uh, you know, even a St. Louis, there's next to no hit on the cap, and you pick up a Thornton who can help you so much. Yeah. Obviously, Doug Wilson didn't ask my opinion, so this is what it was. But, uh, hey, listen, things happen, and, uh, and Thornton well, is going to either play out his career or maybe play next year somewhere. Well, maybe Doug tried to get a hold of me, but he couldn't get it. My phone was so busy. Uh, as you know, I'm here in Queenstown, a beautiful, beautiful city. Uh, if you are listening, why don't you take a peek, do a little Google on Queenstown. Um, there'll be some exciting news for us. Uh, we're working on some special things here. And in the near future, yeah. you as a Canadian or American or my buddies over in Germany or anybody around the world, uh, when you hear this announcement, uh, I think you'll book a ticket and you'll be here uh, right alongside myself and, and a bunch of great hockey players. Uh, let's change it a little bit. Yep. Jay Bomeister, yep. update. Uh, what have you heard? Um, and what do you think of his position of ever playing again in the National Hockey League? Well, Joe's a, a, a real great story for me in my life. I was at the uh, Air Canada Centre when Joe was taken, and the whole prospect was he was going number one overall, and Florida had the pick. And I was very good friends with uh, Ricky Nash's agent. And at the time, I was sitting there, and he comes up to me, goes, big deal coming, big deal coming. There was a deal. The Columbus Blue Jackets switched with the Florida Panthers. Columbus took number one overall and took Ricky Nash. Florida moved to number two and got Joe Bemuster, who is uh, – an incredible player, an incredible teammate. I, I heard a really, I'll t tell it really, really quickly. I heard a great story with uh, with Stewart uh, um, on, uh, on, on... Anthony the, Stewart? Uh, uh, yeah, on another hockey show. Yeah. And he said, you know, he was going to to the game one day with Bowmeister and Bowmeister was driving an old pickup truck. Uh, Anthony Stewart was in the passenger seat. He looked in the glove box for a sucker or something. He said there was something. And he saw five checks and he goes, hey, Joe, what's, what's the story here? He goes, I, uh, I haven't had a, a, Jay, pardon me, I haven't had a chance to cash him. It was over $450,000 worth of uncashed checks. In his <laughs> That's the kind of guy this guy is and was. I think yeah. number one, Gooch, is you know from terrible injuries, I know from terrible injuries, the bottom line is he has to make sure that he is healthy if he's going to play again. This Absolutely. was a heart issue. His heart actually stopped, and he was brought back to life. Uh, he had a pacemaker put in. This is a situation where health trumps hockey. I hope if he comes back, he comes back and he knows all the the surroundings of, of his health. Uh, but if he doesn't, here's a guy who played 1,200 games and, in my opinion, is a Hall of Famer. Well, I'll tell you what, you started with Joe, you went to Jay, I was kind of, where, where are we going with this? I thought you are still on uh, Joe Thornton. I've done it myself where you kind of get the, all these names. Uh, that's why usually I just, uh, you know, go with the last name. But you're right, Jay, uh, obviously, he has to also look at his family. Uh, Rosie, you know, that uh, he's got a young family. Um, he is definitely out for the season. Uh, I just read it on, the, uh, on Google, on the NHL um, uh, network. Um, and then I think... You after the season's done, I think then they will do obviously monitoring throughout the season. 
um, and then see if he would come back. But I, you know, Hart's at that age, that's a that's a pretty tricky thing. Yeah. I, I would say that you know what, he's got a future with uh, with his family, and I think he. We wish him all the best, no matter what the decision is. Uh, we certainly want to make sure. Um, he, uh, he's okay. Listen, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs had a heck of a week, uh, you know, uh, you know, getting shut out. Uh, they shut out Pittsburgh. Uh, they beat Tampa. But before all that, uh, we had some craziness going on. And it was uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs um, had a Zamboni driver that actually worked for them, beat them. I think his, Dave, uh, his name's Dave Ayers. Yep. What do you know about that? Obviously, you being a goaltender. Yeah. You still got a chance, Paul. Maybe no. you know. Maybe the Montreal Canadiens, if Carey Price goes down and they can't fly in Caden Primo, maybe you can take over that game. Well, Gooch, I tell you one of the craziest things. I was watching that game with my girlfriend, and then I see uh, um, Peter Mrazek go down, thinking, "What are you doing coming out when when uh, uh, your number one goalie was already knocked out of the game? You're flying." James out Reimer, there. right? Yeah, Reimer is hurt. He's out. You know, Mrazek comes out and plays the puck, which uh, you know Kyle Clifford hit him. I, I don't. I don't think Clifford should have got a penalty at all. And I'm a big guy for when guys touch goalies. I go insane. But he didn't do anything there. He just caught him. He no. couldn't even see him. And then he comes out, right. and I'm watching. I'm going, uh, they said that somebody's going to come in. And I see this David Aries come in. He looked like a beer league guy, man. He looked like he's got 50 pounds extra on him. Comes in, and I'm thinking to myself, you are done, man. The Leafs are going to shoot from anywhere. Then Tavares takes that first shot. My mom could have stopped it. And no disrespect to my mom, but she could have stopped that along the ice. I'm thinking it's the second intermission. I said to my girlfriend, these guys are done. And then the Carolina Hurricanes did something that could help them go a long, long way. They pulled together yeah. so tight, Gooch. And this guy made some stops, but realistically, it was a great thing for Carolina's future. If they get into the playoffs, man, watch out for Carolina because what they did for their psyche was unbelievable. Hats off to Dave Zaris. I think he could. Uh, he's got a great thing with his buddies when he gets into the, you know, the dressing room and in, in his beer league hockey <laughs> game, and he wears his number 90 Carolina Hurricanes ja uh, sweater. I think his new nickname is Zamboni, and he did a great job. But stay away from the rink at the pro level, David. This was a one-time shot well i think he knows that too and just the story about this kid you know obviously and and i saw his mother on a on an interview uh, they brought her on you know she gave her uh, kidney to him to save his life and uh, you know just a an incredible story. story but i think um when you talk about things like this what a what a great story you know we 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 hear all these uh stories about players being you know uh dealing with drugs and alcohol abuse things, you know, all the negative. We always love to hear about that. When something like this comes on, you know, not only was he a Zamboni driver, he is a legitimate uh, a target or goaltender in practices for both the Marlies and the Leafs when they need one. Um, he's gone on a huge media circus. He's done all the, the, the big uh, networks. Um, his jersey sales have gone through the roof. Um, but what's really cool about this guy is he doesn't forget where he's coming from. You know, he could be taking all this money and, you know, putting it in a bank account. He's actually using this money for charity and helping support Kidney Foundation, which is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Now, the, the question will be, as we go through this, I know there is talk in the NHL, uh, how great this story was, how enlightening, enlightening it was, and just a all good feeling for everybody in it, except for the Maple Leafs, of course, the joke, uh, but of many jokes, uh, how, what would you prefer a $40 million offense versus a $500 uh, defense? Obviously that's what uh, uh, David got paid. Um, 
he's 42. What a big paycheck. I never got a paycheck from the NHL. I wouldn't even cash that check. I just put it on my wall. What do you think of the future on this situation? It doesn't happen often, but when it does happen, let's say this guy did go in and David did get pumped and it was an embarrassment and he got hurt. And let's say it was a long time injury. Where do we see that going? Is it not in the best interest of the National Hockey League to take a look at that and maybe add a third goaltender, whether it be an East Coast League player called up for every game in in the system of the home team um, to be able to take care of that? Or is it, will we continue on seeing this guys being pulled off uh, off the shelf and whether he's a Zamboni driver, a mailman, or, you know, I think we had it back in Chicago, if I'm not mistaken, a few years back where it was a, an accountant came in. Is it dangerous or is it a smart move on the NHL? Well, I think it's a very simple thing. And I think if you ask any player, this is what has to happen from next year is the there's enough goaltenders that are in a close radius of a system of, a, of a, where the home team plays that played in the East Coast or the American Hockey League or somewhere that's not affiliated with anybody anymore. You have to have it that at the game, every single game in the NHL, there is a goalie who has qualities to play in the NHL in their dress, ready to go in as a goaltender for the home or visitors team if it ever, yeah. God forbid, happens. It's only happened twice in the last 25 years. You're right in Chicago and now in Toronto. Twice in 25 years, we have to be ready for it. So the NHL has to get prepared for that. They have to make the smarter move because it could have been silly on a physical end and on a, the game's a joke end. If luckily it didn't, but it could have been. they got to watch that, Gooch. You know what? I had a chance to see you play. I actually had a chance to do some training when I was going over and uh, playing in Germany there on one of my comeback games. And you and I went out and shot pucks. You were saving the pucks. And, um, you know, I'm not the greatest shooter in the world, but, you know, I can pick a corner, scored a few goals in my life, and I could not beat your glove hand. So I'll tell you what, Paul, when I get back, we're getting in shape. Mm -hmm. And you never know. You and I could get that call where we're at a game and something happens, you know, four or five forwards get hurt. Hey, the Gooch is in. Or we're sitting there and somebody says, hey, we need a goalie. And in pops, uh, pops Paul Rosen. And I know the blocker and the glove still work just as fabulous as they did when you won gold medal yeah. in 2006 in Torino. Yeah, Listen, stomach, let's talk the, about the, this the, for a second. We, we were on onto the leaps. We talked about, obviously, the goaltender, the Zamboni beats them. Uh, Zamboni beats the uh, driver beats them. Uh, they then go and shut out Pittsburgh. They then beat Tampa Bay, and it was funny on Facebook that Tampa, somebody posted, you know, a little kid in net, and they said they Tampa Bay just signed a, a goalie that can beat the Leafs. So they were the butt of the jokes, but now the really serious stuff comes in. They're battling for a playoff spot, we're maintaining where they are at this particular moment, and then Jake Muzzin gets hurt. And we don't, they don't know how long he's going to be out, but the impact could be severe uh, because of the fact that they're already beaten up on the back end um, what are your thoughts there? What can I, if I'm not mistaken, they can still trade for players at this particular moment, even though the trade deadline is is over. Uh, I'm not well versed in this, so I don't want to go out of my my realm. But I do know that they can make a trade, but I'm not sure. Maybe you can ask Steve Ellis if he doesn't know right now. He can maybe just Google it for us. Uh, they can't play in the playoffs. Am I correct? Yeah, I, I think it's similar to baseball where 
through waiver, through the waiver market, they could pick somebody up, but he definitely can't play. There's no way that somebody can play, play in the playoffs. I don't know the exact uh, uh, ramifications of it, but you can't pick up a player to help you now in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, Muzzin's out. It looks like four weeks. Uh, they're, they, they play uh, the Florida Panthers, which are Panthers are two uh, points back with a game in hand. It's a critical game. Three of their seven defensemen are American Hockey League defensemen. They're obviously in trouble, but you know they, the, it's injuries happen, and that's just you have to be prepared for it. And I, yep. I don't think the Leafs are 100% prepared for it, Gooch. Well, every team is is dealing with uh, injuries, and that Paul obviously being here on Gooch Live, brought to you by the good people at the Hockey News and your people, Christian Hockey. Absolutely, you got it. Good afternoon. It's the Gooch Live featuring Paul Rosen. I'm Paul Rosen better known as Rosie, the Gooch, Kerry Goulet. He's in Queenstown, New Zealand, and we've got an incredible guest, one of my favorites, and one of Gooch's favorites, Zenin Kanapka. Z, how you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Good to be on the show and uh, have some fun with you guys. Fantastic. Kerry, uh, let us know what's going on right now in uh, in New Zealand. Well, I'll tell you what, Z, you've been here. Uh, Paul, you've been here. Paul, you were coaching against Z, and Z, you know, is one of those impact players that, you know, he's a talented guy, but more importantly, he's all heart, all passion. And I'll tell you what, we were just at the rink uh, yesterday, uh, Z, and we were talking to a couple people, and we had people saying, is that crazy Zen and Kanopka coming back? And I said, what do you mean crazy? Z, you played nine years in the National Hockey League, and I did not know your nickname was Zen and the Destroyer. Is that true? Yeah, I had a few different nicknames, but uh, <laughs> the story was one of them. Um, it, I, I didn't coach against Rosie. I was playing, but then we got... Yeah. Uh, I, did, I, I didn't say you coached. No, you, you were everything. You, then. you, you actually, were coaching. You were, I think you were refereeing, for God's sake. Well, hold on a second. Z, with no... Uh, nothing... Uh, like, I was on the Canadian bench. You were definitely the captain of the team. Uh, Dennis Mrook was the coach, but you were actually coaching the general manager, <laughs> the uh, the uh, the referee, the goaltender. You played every position in that game, and you and me, uh, you. I thought you were going to come over to the bench and knock me out a couple of times there, Dave. <laughs> well, you know, intensity is a good thing, and uh, you got it. This is a good thing. And yeah. The best part is we can go for a beer after, and yeah, it's a lot and of guys. We did that. that. Even in the NHL, where I I fought a bunch of guys, where you see them, you know, later that night or the next week or in the summer, and you you have a beer. There's very few people that you really truly hate but there's right. a few of them um yeah and um and that's just part of the game part of the yeah. job well i i yeah ice hockey brings it or hockey brings it out uh, we're family and uh we can't be more than happy to have zen and kanopka as not only our family but one of our top ambassadors for stop concussion and of course for our new mental health uh initiative connected yeah. uh z i know you've been called a lot of names throughout your time one of the things you didn't do in australia or new zealand was drive the zamboni and we know how mm -hmm. much fun that uh was in the national hockey league when you know you played you were the most penalized player 2009 2010 and i think the season after um most penalized player but you were an impact player not only were you tough you remember those days uh, Paul, when we watched him play in, in well, he, you, you played in, I think it was the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. They were called, that's telling you how old you are, um, the Columbus Blue Jackets, Tampa Bay Lightning, New York Islanders, the Ottawa Senators. I recall you playing for the Minnesota Wild and the Buffalo Sabres. 
So you, you, you packed a suitcase, um, but your stats were crazy. 346 games, 12 goals, 18 assists, 30 points, but 1,082 penalty minutes. Paul, 1,082 penalty minutes. I know, I know. I was uh, proud of leading uh, Team Canada in penalty minutes one year uh, uh, as a goaltender, but Z was, uh, in, in my opinion, a, an underrated guy that was, yes, everybody knew him, that he was tough and he could fight, but I remember him back with the Ottawa 67s. This guy was a hockey That's player, right. man. He could take face-offs, and he could win draws in critical situations. Like, Z, talk to us about face-offs and how critical it was. Like, what an importance this game. Is it a lost start, or what? what's the story with that? Well, I think te teams and now the analytics of hockey – have uh, put an emphasis on starting with the puck. Puck possession is so important in the game today. Once you got the puck, uh, it's tough to get the puck back from a lot of these players, a lot of these teams. So one way to nullify um, some of these great players is if you can win face-offs and keep the puck away from them, uh, especially early on the shift. So um, it's it's one of those things where <clears throat> there's a few different ways how to take face-offs. And... Um, it's kind of like just a little game within a game where you're trying to figure out what the other guy's trying to do. Um, and you, you're going to try to counter that or overpower them. Um, and, and, and again, it can make a game a lot easier, especially when you're playing a real skilled team, if you can control the face-off dots. You know, uh, obviously people watching the game, uh, people like us, that we understand the game completely maybe do not understand how important playoff or sorry um, draws and faceoffs are in a game. But back with Ottawa, when they were in the playoffs, you were leading the league in the playoffs for faceoffs. So um, that is an important part. Maybe not during the regular season. You don't take it as serious, but once you get into the playoffs, it's got to be heightened. Yeah. Like when I, uh, when I played in, in the playoffs for Ottawa and I, I do some training with some younger kids and OHL kids and even pro guys. But I always talked about being a complete player and having little tools that keep you around. And face-offs is one of them. Um, it gives you a platform. It gave me a platform in that series where I think in game six, I played 17 and a half minutes. Um, yes. And that all stemmed from me being able to win a face-off. Yeah. So if, you know, if you're good on the face-off shots, if you can kill penalties, if you get the puck out your own end, um, you know, there's a little parts of the game that sometimes go unnoticed by, the, you know, maybe the occasional fan, but not by the coaches. And the coaches are the one giving out dice time. So uh, it's it's really important that any weakness for kids, and I know, you know, when we were younger, you don't want to work on your weaknesses. You want to work on what you're good at. But it's so important to, you know, identify what you're not very good at and, and, and get 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 better at it so you can uh, become a good complete player. Right, right. Um, yeah, fantastic. Listen, Zion, uh, ask you a question. I know Carrie and I were talking about this uh, toughness in the game today and and fighting. Uh, I still am the belief that there is a part of this game that fighting needs you know and not the stage but there it's a tough game that things happen on the fly what's your thoughts you know here's a guy you 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 got into a lot of scraps over your career what's your thoughts on that and where fighting should be yeah i i mean if i was a if i was a general manager in um in the nhl 
and especially some of these teams where um, you know their budget is is no issue Toronto Vancouver Montreal New York Philadelphia um, I'd have a real real tough guy um, from the AHL up to my AHL club and I'd play him a few games out of the year and let him practice and you know pay him a 600 grand but everyone that came into that building knew that if something happened to their skilled players the next time they played that player would go into the lineup and I always talk about how, you know, the best the best toughness is, you know, if you, you start getting good at it, you really don't even have to fight that often because That's right. they know you're policing the game. And so I, I think there is um, I think there is value um, in a guy like that. Now, it's changed a bit, obviously, because the game is, you know, super fast and super skilled. Right. So now I think the new the new age, you know, uh, Tom Wilson, you know, Reeves from uh, Las Vegas. Um, those are the guys um, that can kind of go up and down the wing, but they'll, you know, they'll make sure that their guys are taken care of. And, you know, all you have to do is watch a Las Vegas game um, and you pretty quickly realize that, you know, Mark Stone and, um, and their skill players aren't really getting run at. And yeah. there's one common denominator is, you know, Reeves is on the bench and, there's going to be an issue with that. Yeah. And he can play a little bit too, right? And and in your days, the, you know, prior to going in the National Hockey League, you're a pretty good offensive player. So I think sometimes you get slotted into that situation. They find a guy like you who's not only was not only a good player, but and could could throw them and, and command respect from the opponent. Uh, they tend to look at that as a player today that's maybe not being able to contribute on an offensive level. And, you know, again, with the instigators sometimes, you know, it can cost you a penalty. Uh, I, I want to ask you a question. Uh, you know, when we talk about fighting, you know, obviously we're involved with the concussions and, and dealing with trying to teach kids, you know, how to play safer and safe principles. But I'm not going to talk to you about concussions specifically. I want to ask you this question. Not the toughest guy. But the most fun you had when you fought somebody, because we see you guys go at it and, you know, you yes. go in the penalty box and you're throwing things and that sort of stuff. And then after the game, you probably go and say, hey, God, you know, that was kind of fun. You got me with a left. I got you with a right. And you didn't go down. Are there any funny stories that came out of when you were fighting? <clears throat> oh, yeah, there's quite a few. Um, but <laughs> one, um, I was playing in Tampa Bay and Matias Olin um, played with Vancouver Canucks for years. And Vancouver is coming in. And so Matias asked me if I could set up their rookie party for them. So um, <laughs> I was pretty familiar with all the restaurants and bars. And so I set everything up. And so I kind of just went went to the club to make sure everything was good. And they were super happy. The Sadines were there. So I chatted with them for a bit. And then uh, Rick Rippin was there. Mm-hmm. And I fought Rippin in the minors. And uh you know, the first time we fought, I, I had a pretty good tilt against him. But we chatted, had a few beers for at least about four, probably 45 minutes to an hour. And uh, then two days later, we'd play. And, I mean, it was like the second shift of the game, I think. He was like, hey, let's go. And I'm like, look at him like, oh, okay, I guess we're fighting. Like, <laughs> I, I just assumed we weren't fighting. Yeah. Um, and that fight is a real, it was a really, really technical fight. Mark, Rick Rippin was one of the toughest pound for pound fighters um god rest his soul yes but if you see there were so many body shots landed in that fight and his helmet nicks me well 
headbutts me in the eye. Um, so after the fight, I'm cut in in my eye, and you know, most people are looking at a fight. Obviously, whoever gets cut and bloody, they, they lose the fight. But it was a really, really thought, uh, you know, thoughtful fight, and uh, and so many body shots, and uh, had a tr- tremendous respect for him. And then after the game, we said hi. And, on, on our way, we will go. Yeah. So in that situation, you know, fighters, you know, we knew the role, you knew the role, you knew that you were going to be called upon. Paul, you've obviously uh, seen it in the National Hockey League. Is there, we talk about this code, but more importantly, is there an amount of respect? You know, you're fighting bare knuckle one-on-one. Is there an amount of respect? Is there is there a code, or was there a code at that time when you knew you had a guy down? You know, either you you you're landing the punches, or he's landing on you. Was there anything like that? A guy would say, "Listen, I've got him where I need him. I don't want to go any further." Yeah, I mean, there, there's a tremendous respect in the National Hockey League um, from all players, but especially, I mean, you know, physical and tough tougher players that used to drop the gloves because it can be pretty dangerous if you know if your head gets, you know, punched through the ice or, or if you're not expecting, I always say that the worst punch to take is when you're not expecting it. Um, right. So there's, there's a few guys. And, and again, it doesn't take much time to YouTube my fights, but you know, uh, Chris <laughs> Neal, I, I played with Chris Neal, but before I played with him, I hated him. And uh, there was a one fight where, you know, the rest came in and I let go and then he hit me, um, which is kind of a no, no, um, but then I ended up sitting beside him on the plane and, uh, I called Pumpkinhead a few times a year just to kind of give him a jab back at him, but, uh, but we became friends after that. So it was, uh, it was good. Yeah. You know what? And, uh, you, uh, you're talking about Rip and, you know, you said, uh, rest in peace. Yeah. We, uh, we on, on, on the Gooch Live featuring Paul Rosen here. We, we love that we have the, the opportunity with the Hockey News and the great people of Christian Brothers to bring a lot of things in. And we will, at some point, Gooch, you know this, bring in uh, things on suicide prevention. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, yep. I, uh, uh, people know my story. I tried to take my life a year ago, and there's a lot of great things out there. Uh, you know, 310 Cope. There's lines out there that you can reach out for yep. help. So uh, with uh, with what the Rippin family are doing for suicide prevention and for Rick's uh, yep. name, uh, thanks for bringing that up, uh, uh, Zia. Yeah. Appreciate it. Well, and Paul, we will do a special uh, show just on that. Uh, we wanted to just get uh, a lot of hockey topics, but it's a very important thing. And Z, you know it yourself, uh, being one of the ambassadors, and yourself, Paul, being an ambassador. Sometimes we just don't know, and I think we have to really make a call out, shout out. If you're hurting, guys, we're here. Uh, Stop concussions is here at all times for you, and you two guys have been absolutely tremendous. I know that uh, we've got a short in time, so I wanted to ask this question. Obviously, trade deadline just came about. You and I talked off camera a little bit earlier, uh, Z. Funniest story about being traded. Obviously, um, you know it's a it's a difficult time uh, when trade. But I know you have got some a couple of trade stories that you can share with us. Yeah, I don't know how funny it was, but um, I'll try I thought to it was in, funny. In a in a quick uh, synopsis, where so I was playing with the New York Islanders and and we were not a very good team. I mean, we weren't mathematically out of the playoffs, but it was you know, set in stone that it looked like we're not going to make the playoffs. And um, my name started popping up, like on the kind of TV about maybe I'll be traded. <clears throat> so I called my agent, and he said, let me let me check, you know, there's some rumblings, and 
so the morning of we had practice and then we flew out and uh so i um i got a call from age and he said you're most likely going to go to anaheim that uh you know bob Murray wants to bring you back there so uh, at that point now you're pretty kind of pumped right because you know like i played in anaheim was familiar with it there so and for some reason like I don't know how, but all these insiders get your cell phone number. So I get all these guys texting me, are you trading? Please call me first before you let me know. And I get off the ice and I'm still not trading. So uh, so I went up to Gersno's office, who was GM, and, you know, I asked him, you know, what might get traded? And um, he goes, why? Are you demanding a trade? And I said, no, I'm not demanding a trade. And, you know, I talked to my agent and, and I said, well, I want to be here. You decided me to, you know, one year extension. I'll sign right now, or I'll, I'll agree, uh, handshake that I'll sign back here July first and trade me, get get something for me. I'll come back here and play. And um, so apparently the Islanders uh, wanted a second round pick for a fourth line center. And I mean, <clears throat> back then even the top players were going for second round picks. Even a first round pick had to be a real stud. So yeah. uh, my agent said, "Well, listen, at the end, right at the deadline, don't worry, they're they're gonna you know get something for you." And uh, the deadline passed, and I wasn't traded. And I found out later that Anaheim actually offered a third round pick right at the deadline, and Darcy wouldn't do it. Hmm. Something to do with you know, there was a lot of players traded, and the fans weren't too happy about it. So that's why he asked me if I demanded a trade because if I did that. Uh, he had a story to tell the fans of why. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. He, he had, yeah. You know, you never want to relive anything, but it would have been interesting to see if I went to Anaheim. They had a pretty good team that year of what would have happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah, excellent. That's true. Hey, uh, hey Z, what's, uh, we, we are running uh, short on time here. We'd definitely love to have you back uh, again. Yeah. But uh, what's, uh, what's Z doing these days? What, uh, what are you up to? Oh, oh we got uh, a bunch of hockey <laughs> development. Uh, you know everything from from young kids to uh, OHL kids to pro pro players, and uh, we're in the midst of working on a on a cannabis company. And um, stay tuned. Hopefully, uh, we'll have some big announcements within the next couple of months um, to try to help some of those ex players that uh, suffer from yeah. long term chronic pain or or head injuries. Fantastic. And you know, Z, um, you've, uh, you're not only a great ambassador for us, you're a great ambassador for the sport. Um, and you've come on the Ice Hockey Classic tour with us a few times. And of course, we're looking, hopefully you can get back in shape and we get you back out here one day. But uh, the Ice Hockey Classic has played a big role in helping stop concussions. And, and now our new initiative connected uh, the uh, mental health initiative. Uh, we work obviously very closely with Barry Monroe and the Shoot for a Cure campaign, the Canadian American Spinal Research Organization. Every time we pick up the phone and say, Zeke, can you help us? You were always there while you were playing and now while you're not uh, in the National Hockey League. The Ice Hockey Classic is being planned for 2020 and then 2021, which will be our 10th year anniversary. Just give us really quickly your thoughts of coming over here obviously representing uh, the U.S. on this particular uh, tour, uh, being a captain of the team, being a leader of the team, and then having these young men and young men come over here and participate in this uh, tour. What does it mean to hockey back home? What it meant 
to hockey here and of course what it meant to you personally yeah well you know we got a tremendous opportunity to see the other side of the world right and um australia and new zealand two of the nicest places i've ever been the people are great um the landscape is great so that you know i mean right there it's it's amazing and then you kind of bring a new sport and some awareness about safety and you know there's a lot of common themes between hockey and rugby and Aussie rules football right so right. we we kind of yeah. talk the same language we have similar injuries and long-term issues after right so again it's getting the word out of what we know with stop concussions and all the research Kerry and Keith has done throughout North America and bring that over to New Zealand and Australia. And then what happens is then you got uh, you got a bunch of competitive hockey players that are really good players. We've got a bunch of NHL guys that come. And I'll tell you, um, you, you don't realize how good the AHL and even the East Coast Hockey League yes, is. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. Some of these players that are coming over, will be played in the NHL one day. Um, so it's a it's a good good view to see those guys before they get big. And it's a lot of fun. Um, and it's a lot of action. And uh, there's no holding back, especially once you get into later in the games. No, there's no no well, doubt about it. Just yeah, uh, go, Paul, sorry. Uh, one, one last thing on this. You know, we, uh, we, we've been around. I've been involved in two of the classics, uh, coaching Canada both times. Both times Canada lost. Both times you were the captain. <laughs> and the only two times that Canada lost. So I get it. Uh, you know, you and uh, and Dennis Baruch razz me all the time. So I guess I'll never be behind the bench again. But I, I always give well, my we'll just... I always yeah. give my just to people that when they beat me and you, uh, you got the uh, you got the upper hand, my friend, and I respect you a lot. No, we'll no, let no, you guys no, one day yet. come back. See, sorry, last word for you, Z. Just before yeah. that, I, I will I will guarantee one day we'll have it again. It, it'll be Rosie versus Zen and the Destroyer. It sounds there like a go. wrestling match. Yeah, I don't think it'll be good. The only way I could beat Zen in a fight is to hit him with my artificial leg. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't hurt him. No, anyways. Paul uh, Z, can't thank you enough. Yeah. Uh, Paul, I know we're going to go into the Rosie's rant. Uh, Z, always a pleasure to talk to you. We will yep. do this again because I think you've got a lot more stories uh, to tell us, and we're looking forward to doing that when I get back uh, in Toronto, Canada. You know what, Paul? Yep. I think... Zenin is an entertainer. Yep. I think we got to get him in studio oh, in the next couple of weeks. No doubt. And uh, we can we can do some damage. No doubt. We'll get him in studio and we'll have the three of us will go toe to toe. It'll be really, uh, it'll be so entertaining that our grand poobah producer director, Steve Ellis, is jumping up and down in the background. Perfect. <laughs> I, All right, Z. I look forward to it. to Britain, the kids. Guys. Thanks, buddy. So, Gooch, we're uh, we're here. We got a few minutes left in the show. It's uh, this right. is episode number eight. So we've done seven. I've won five. You've won one. There's been one tie. You might get me today. I've had a lot of crazy things this week, so I'm gonna put mine out there. My uh, Rosie's rant this week is bicycle drivers in a city. I live in Toronto, and I cannot stand. Bicycle drivers, you guys drive me nuts. I'm driving my car. You guys are cutting in. You're cutting out. I don't know if I'm going to hit you. I'm not going to hit you. If I do something, God forbid, that you don't like, you smash on my hood and yell at me. Yet you can go through red lights. You can go through stop signs. There's no rules on the road for Mr. Bike or Mrs. Bike. 
driver in this city of Toronto drives me absolutely nuts, Gooch. Sometimes I think, you want the rules of the road? I want them. I'm going through a red light. I'm going through a stop sign. Bicycle drivers, if you want respect, you got to earn respect and you get nothing from me. Done. Wow. So um, it's that's a tough one because I have the same opinion. The problem is that, uh, you know, I don't... I don't ride a bike uh, much uh, in my in my growing up. I love being on a bike. I used it for training for hockey. Um, and then uh, my uncle uh, was on a bike with uh, a couple of friends doing a long uh, distance um, uh, ride. And uh, they got hit by a, a car. And um, he fortunately lived. His friend didn't. And I, I was 12, 13, if I recall. Wow. And I think that really threw a scare into me to realize bike versus car, there's there's no hope. And, of course, our good friend, uh, you've met him, uh, Robert Wine. Yes. Uh, we've seen the situation with him where, you know, he's a triathlon preparing for a race, uh, a driver, a distracted driver who had not had enough sleep, went off the road, hit five of them. It's called the Canada Five. It's a horrific story, but a positive story because Robert came out uh, obviously not unscathed. But to see those type of things, um, it's a difficult situation. I think those two incidences were not created by the bike driver. It was created by an un, a distracted driver. But when you get in the city and you've got all these people wheeling without helmets, with helmets, uh, you can rent a bike anywhere. You can get on one of these scooters. That even drives me more crazy, these scooters. So, Paul, you're going to win six because I can't debate that. Okay. These people that are getting on bikes and these people that are getting on these new scooters, I just saw one called Uber Scooter. They've got to make sure they follow the rules in the road and they shouldn't have any privileges over car drivers because a car wins every single time. Yeah. So I'm giving it to you. Okay. I'm going to I'm going right. to I'm going to tell you next week I'm coming hard because I need a win, yeah. but I want to go through just as we wrap it up yeah. with Gucci's bottom line. You got the it. The one baby. thing that I've got to say. Sorry about Go ahead. You got it. Gucci's bottom line. I'm quick. I'm quick. Brad Marchand. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it, kid. I love you as a player. I think you've got that grit. You're almost like a Zenon with a lot more talent, yeah. but you got that you've got everything a guy needs. I want him on my team. You know what I don't want? is the stupid antics you know that 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 stuff you know they it was against the flyers or sorry against the flames i saw it, the replay the other night you know david uh the goaltender riddick you know he flipped his stick okay that funny you know maybe embarrassing a little bit but after marshawn scored on a breakaway in uh you know a short-handed he doesn't need to go and you know uh to michael book buckland and and do what he did stop it you're a good player score the goal celebrate with your teammates sit on the bench and shot up i totally please totally, marchand yeah I play the game there are kids watching you please 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 stop the antics i totally agree with you gooch and i like this guy because when he won in the world junior with that great world junior team and we won in torino we got a chance to uh to have a few pops together in a in a uh, facility in uh, calgary and he's a great great yeah. person but his stuff that he does uh, is just ridiculous. Kids look up to him. I agree with you 100%, Gooch. Uh, just absolute craziness. But you know what? Episode 8, the Gooch Live featuring Paul Rosen, brought to you by the great people at the Hockey News and the incredible people at Christian Hockey. It's been an honor for me, Gooch. You're coming home soon, right? Tell us what's going on with the Gooch and Tony down in New Zealand real quick. 
Well, first, before before I do that, I want to, sh Steve, Alice, a big shout out to you. This technical stuff we always have some fun with. Uh, thank you for being so patient and allowing us to do what we do. Listen, we're down here getting organized for the 2020 uh, Ice Hockey Classic. We haven't uh, made our final picks on the cities. I won't, uh, next week I'll tell you a little bit more of how the coronavirus is making a decision on some of the places we're gonna go. Uh, but I'll tell you what, we're so honored to be down here. The Grant Hay family, uh, Aaron and Saitel, who you've met, Kuzak have been absolutely phenomenal. And what we're setting up on this tour this time, because there's a lot of interest on CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, right. through the uh, Sport Concussion Foundation, we are going to be hosting concussion seminars and symposiums along with this tour talking about the prevention of concussions. We need to start dealing with the prevention. So I'll tell you what, action-packed here. I leave today back to Auckland over to to Australia to finalize everything, and then I'll be back home, and then we'll be in studio together, and I am going to win the next Rosie's Rant. Hey, you know what? And I believe you. And I, uh, on behalf of everybody back in Toronto, uh, everybody that's involved in, in Stop Concussions, I thank you and Tony for what you're doing because awareness and education is the only way that we were going to beat things in this world. You guys are Absolutely. doing an incredible job. Gooch Live featuring Paul Rosen, Episode 8. Let us know what you think. Tweet us, tw uh, Twitter us, whatever. You, me and you are brutal with this stuff, but uh, TikTok. Yeah, yeah, TikTok. Is it TikTok? Yeah, TikTok. Uh, Caddy oh, Pack, whatever it is. Anyways, let us know yeah. what you think. We'll be back here again next time, same time, same channel. The Hockey News and the great people at Christian Hockey. Thanks, everyone.